Trails Collective. Welcome to this episode of the Trails Collective live show. I'm going to keep this intro short because this episode is jam-packed and I really want to get it out to you guys quick because it previews our uh, first race of the season that's happening this Saturday at 6 a.m. in Beacon, New York. That is right. The Red Newt Racing is kicking off the season with the Breakneck Point uh, Trail Marathon. It is um, one of the toughest, if not the toughest, marathon on the East Coast, if not the country. And we are just so stoked to uh, be kicking off the season with something like this. It's also a qualifier for the 40K USATF Worlds team. So the top man and top woman of the race will get a a chance to go represent the U.S. in Thailand. So very, very exciting. Um, Ian previews the race with Jared Burdick and um, Brian of Steep Endurance. So uh, make sure to pay attention to that and then follow us on the Trails Collective. We'll be going um, live on Instagram from the race. So I will be testing out uh, and, uh, you know, testing out my filming and Instagramming, uh, doing some race coverage. So follow the Trails Collective on Instagram and um, I'll do my best to get everything out to you guys. Um, Also in this episode, we have uh, Leah Yingling comes to us from Salt Lake City. She just uh, punched her ticket to Western States at the Canyons 100K. I was uh, fortunate to race with Leah at Bandera and then also um, got to watch her race at um, Gorge Waterfalls 50K just in the beginning of April. And um, so she has had quite the journey to get this golden ticket. And I'm so excited that she, um, she was able to grab it. So... Um, without further ado from me, um, enjoy this episode and stay tuned and keep in touch and keep watching the, the coverage on the Trails Collective Instagram for uh, all the details on Breakneck and these um, the amazing fields that we have this week. So talk to you guys soon and enjoy the episode. Trails Collective World. Sorry for that slight delay there. Uh, Ian here coming at you with the Trails Collective Live episode or the weekly rundown for April 26, 2022. I'm excited for another round of digging into some of the Northeastern Trail World as some of the, uh, in addition to uh, one of the, I guess, premier uh, ultra events that also went down with the Canyons uh, 100K this past weekend. Uh, so we are going to get into it here in just a, a second. Um, Thank you in advance to all of you who will be with us tonight. Thank you to all of you who will tune in after the fact. If you are tuning in with us tonight and you want to weigh in with any comments or questions, uh, this is streaming live uh, in my own personal Facebook page, uh, as well as the Trails Collective uh, Facebook and YouTube channels. Uh, If you want to post a question or comment, plug them into the Trails Collective station, uh, or those channels rather, and we'll see if we can uh, get them through to our guests. So thank you for weighing in. Uh, Thanks to all who are supporting the Trails Collective, what we're trying to do here and basically uh, bring you voices and share some stories, focusing on the Northeast uh, trail running world, providing some exposure to events that maybe don't get uh, the exposure that they deserve and trying to uh, bring us all together as a uh, collective community and and share really what we are, what we got in common here. Thank you to our Patreon supporters. Uh, If you are not currently, uh, for sure, feel free to 
uh, join us in what we're trying to do and uh, join us as a Patreon supporter. Every little bit helps and it uh, goes toward uh, supporting other athletes and events. Um, so we are going to, or I'm going to kick in uh, tonight and I am going to bring uh, a friend, uh, Elizabeth. Uh, hello. Uh, Hi. Dream. It is good to see you and hope you are doing well. Thanks, uh, you too. Thank you. Thank you. And so uh, last we chatted by phone and some things changed and it looks like you are uh, cranking away at creating or working with uh, Confluence at creating some uh, new trail events uh, in the uh, Binghamton area of New York. Yeah, we're trying. Um, yeah, we've got a, a bunch of different uh, trail and road events. Um, just trying to bring some some fun events um, back to our area, I guess. Yeah, right on. And then, so uh, I am going to let Elizabeth, um, well, so for anybody else tuning in out there, if you are an event director or uh, have a um, event that you really love that maybe doesn't get as much exposure, exposure, feel free to reach out. Maybe we can bring you in, just give you a few minutes to uh, just introduce your event or an event you care about. Um, so this will be a new one. So um, given Elizabeth, just a little bit of platform, uh, a few minutes here to uh, share with one that they have coming up. Uh, so dig into it. Tell us what the event's all about and what you got going. Yeah, well, we really appreciate you giving us this opportunity to to talk a little bit about it. Um, so it, this is the first time that we're doing this event. <clears throat> it's called Loop the Lemur, and it's at the Ross Park Zoo here in Binghamton, New York. Um, the Ross Park Zoo is the fifth oldest zoo in the nation, um, and it's it tends to be forgotten about, but it's, really, it's a really cool place, um, a lot of really neat animals. Um, and we're hoping to bring more of the running and endurance community to the zoo um, while also just trying to raise funds for the zoo to help with their endangered species um, initiatives that they've got going on. Um, one of those animals is the lemur. Um, and it's one of the first animals that you encounter when you walk into the zoo. So what happens when you take two endurance junkies and you put them inside of a zoo, you start figuring out how do you loop this 0.8 um, mile road and then turn it into a running event. And so that's that's what we did. Um, we talked to the zoo. They were really kind enough to let us um, come in and, and put this event together. And with their help um, on May 15th, we're gonna be doing a two and a six hour event as well as a lemur to leopard family run. Um, so these uh, timed events, you just cover the loop as many times as you're able to during, um, during your timeframe. Uh, there's also a team division option. So if you, there's, there's a, a timed, I feel like timed events are, um, they can be really intimidating. And I think there's a big misconception around them. Um, but if you aren't into doing it for the full two hours or the full, full six hours, get a group of friends together, get your team together and come and join us. And you can compete for the most cumulative laps that you compete as, or that you complete as well. Cool. And uh, is there an actual lemur that you're looping? That's uh, yeah. There's two, like of them. two of them. <clears throat> yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Menabi and Rizzo are their names. Um, and so we've, of course, have given them personalities that they probably wouldn't approve of. Um, but we think they're pretty cool and they're pretty funny. Um, so yeah, we just we're looking to uh, create an event that appeals to people who all of like these these badass endurance junkies that we look up to and inspire us daily. Um, but also just people who like who who want to try something but do it in uh, in an approachable environment. Um, come out, spend the day with us. Spend the day in the zoo. Um, it's you're doing it in a way that you've probably never seen the zoo before. Um, so uh, just come out, enjoy the day with your friends and family, and then when you're done, um, we have a tailgate party. Like, um, excuse the dad joke, but like 
tail, like mm -hmm. a lemur tail. <laughs> yep. Well done. Well done. Yeah. So um, yeah, come out, enjoy some beverages, some food. Um, CEP will be there with some recovery products. Brooks, Brooks will be there with, uh, with products to demo. Um, and our, uh, our trusted trail group here in the area, Binghamton area trail runners, they'll be there um, providing support at the aid station. Um, so, so it should be a really good time. Cool. Right on. And then after this, you have other events on deck that are already uh, calendared or what comes next? We after? do. Yep. Yeah. So we've got um, in May 27th. Uh, so to kick off Glass Fest weekend in Corning, um, New York, we have the Crystal City Mile. Um, we are really starting to uh, become really intrigued by the mile distance. Um, it's really approachable, but it's also really fun to run really fast. So mm -hmm. we're doing a one mile race there um, on that Friday. And then the following day is the wine glass 8k. So there's options to sign up for both too as well and get a discount. Um, and then we also have a the CFJ carousel 5k in Johnson City on July 23rd. And then we also have the 1812 challenge and half marathon, which is finally being brought back um, in Sackets Harbor, New York on August 21st. Um, and then finally, we have the we have the Uigo, we have a half marathon in Uigo that we're going to be announcing soon. That's on September 4th. So a couple of different things happening, but um, but we're super excited. Cool. Right on. Well, uh, nice work getting in there and cranking out some events. And um, thanks for sharing this with us tonight. And I'm sure we will connect more. Um, and maybe we can hear how uh, Luke Lemur uh, goes. Absolutely. And uh, yeah. if, you, you. if you can kind of let maybe the lion or tiger out like during the race or something like that and just kind of spice it up a little bit, um, no, that might I, be kind of cool too. The zoo is really um, afraid of me, I think, because I have tried several times to try to take one of the lemurs. Um, so far, uh, no go, but hopefully on May 15th. Well done. All right, Elizabeth, thanks for checking in. And, uh, Thank you I so will, much, Ian. Yeah. All right. Talk to you later. Yep. All right. Bye. Um, so check that out. And that is the Confluence Running. They have multiple run specialty stores in New York. Uh, check them out as well as their events. Uh, so the next event that I'm going to uh, make my way into uh, here, uh, Lee, uh, good to see you. Nice to see you too. Um, so Lee, uh, if for those of you who don't yet know uh, Lee Yingling, uh, she's based, are you Salt Lake City? Salt Lake City, yeah. Yeah, Salt Lake City. Um, went out there for the solid inversion uh, effect and for the endurance uh, training. Yep. Uh, Moved out here. long stronger. Uh -huh. I, I think so. Yeah. Maybe a little Something weaker like too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair. Um, she checked in with us for a clip in December 2020 following a pretty stellar uh, Hellgate 100K uh, win uh, there. And she's continued to crank uh, pre and post finishing on the podium of nearly every ultra she's entered from 50K to 100 miles. Uh, as Rachel Spaulding has echoed to me in text threads as we're geeking out on some of the race uh, uh, as the races are going down. I know that Lee is solid uh, late and to never count her out. Uh, she just missed a golden ticket at Bandera with a third place woman on the day, uh, but got the job, job done this past weekend at the Canyons 100K, uh, a course that reverses the Western States course for 100K. Um, and uh, you are second of the what three tickets that were awarded uh, for Canyons? Yep. Yep, that's yeah. right. Yeah, nice work. Uh, so you had a good day, and I did catch your uh, Facebook post in terms of you mm -hmm. just weighing in on uh, you really just sticking to doing your own thing out there. I mean, it's such a, I mean, this is a, they, I guess the ticket races have progressively gotten more and more stacked as you, know, as you get closer to uh, getting that draw. And so this Absolutely. was a pretty stacked field. 
Yeah, it really was. And the women's field, especially, I mean, both fields were really stacked this year, but the women's field was really deep and with a lot of women with various talents. Um, so you really couldn't count anybody out. And I don't think anybody necessarily had particular strengths on the course. So yeah, it was a fun day just to really try to run my own race um, and not get too caught up in the hunt for the golden ticket until until it got tough in the last uh, four hours or so. So how was it? So I think I'd maybe mention this on one of the root sessions earlier uh, somewhere in the TC live episodes, but I like to think back in starting into the competitive running and I don't know, maybe like junior high or high school or whatever. And when I show up these invitationals, I'd be decent and knew I'd be uh, toward the the front, but I'd always still get intimidated by, and cause I was kind of a scrawny kid. My, um, pretty short and just you know, develop later or whatever, but I'd always get intimidated by these, these high school boys who would show up with just kind of like the beard and like chest and like back hair. And I would be like, and they would just make me nervous. So, you know, I can only imagine you looking at the roster of an event like Canyons this late and just knowing what goes into that. I mean, so what are you thinking? How much are you, you really getting into the nuts and bolts of who these people are and assessing their strengths? I mean, do you really dig into that before the race? Yeah, I'm an ultra geek. So I like, I know a lot of the women, I know what they've done, kind of where they train. And um, I don't know, it's, it's fun to know a little bit about who you're competing against out there. So then you can also connect with them when you get to share some miles on the trails. Um, but yeah, what I loved about this course, and this is a shout out to Midwester and uh, East Coaster, Sarah Beal. It's somebody like Sarah Beal who can train on in flat Ohio and then just like throw down at a race like Canyons, which I just thought was amazing. And then there's people who, you know, get a ton of burden in the mountains out here in the Mountain West. Um, so I just think that's what made the race really special is that you really like couldn't count anyone out. Anybody and anybody like had a run for the ticket. So I think, um, it's nice to know what the other competitors in the field have done. Um, and it's easy to get intimidated by others' accomplishments. But I think this year, especially, I've been trying to focus on like not counting myself out in races. Mm -hmm. I think last year it was really easy for me to get to align with a similar depth of field and just say, like, oh my gosh, there's you know at least five to ten women who are faster than me out there. Um, this year, just having a lot more confidence in what I can do and just trusting in the way I race um, and how I race and how my training is, I think has given me this like next level of self-belief that's definitely helped me um, perform well, especially late in the race. And there, so in a course like uh, Canyons, um, I've only, I think, uh, paced and crewed at uh, Western. So I don't know it. Uh, I don't know it that well. I'll get my dose of it going out with Ellie here uh, in a bit. Um, and she's uh, commented a couple times in the uh, thread and we'll plug a question for her in a second. Uh, but with a course like that out there, I mean, it's very, Yes, there's some elevation gain. Yes, it's for sure trail, um, but it's very runnable at the same time, right? And so you can kind of be equally as threatened by somebody like Sarah, who is just a wicked fast road marathoner, as well as somebody who has some mountain legs under them. Yeah, exactly. The course is interesting. Um, so it's net uphill and it starts around a thousand feet and then you end up finishing up around 5,000 feet and it climbs about 15,000 feet over the course of the race. Um, but the start, probably the first like 20 to 30 miles is just really punchy, um, little climbs, but also really runnable. And then right when you get to Michigan bluff, um, probably about with about 20 miles to go. Um, that's when the real climbing really starts. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, it, it gets tough and um, you still have to like, I mean, all the, a lot of the climbs are actually 
pretty runnable in the race. Um, what is interesting is they're pretty technical climbs at times. So it's like, even when they are runnable, sometimes you would just are forced to hike a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year, the, so the course ends with about four miles of just like 200, 300 feet a mile on this like single track Jeep road type, um, type terrain. And last year, I mean, you can move on it on a dry mm-hmm. year, but this year we are blessed with, um, probably about four to six inches of snow and slop. Um, and that showed up in some of your photos, right? And I was surprised to see that. I was like, really? There's still snow out there? Oh, yeah. man. It was every time you took a step, you didn't know if you're going to be knee deep or ankle deep into a huge puddle of slosh. And I face planted, I think, two miles from the finish right into a deep puddle. But it made it interesting. Um, but yeah, then you also knew I trained actually in the snow quite a bit. Um, but mm-hmm. this was honestly unlike any of the snow I train in. But it was nice to at least be somewhat familiar with uh, what it's like running on snow and sloppy conditions. Um, and it reminded me that like on all those really crappy, um, training days, whenever you don't want to get out in the weather that you might as well get out in it. There it you is. never know what you're going to get on race day. Yeah, totally paid off there. And and looking at that race, uh, shook out, I mean, knowing, so knowing how deep that field was and with the top, what was it? The top five, uh, separated, mm-hmm. um, leader was off the front next four. And then you were in leading or in that chase pack of like six through like 15, like really mm-hmm. deep. I mean, does that start stressing you out? I mean, that's, that takes a probably an incredible amount of patience to be like, it's okay. Like if it comes back, it comes back. I mean, yeah. how's that going mentally? Yeah, I think, um, so I, I was, I think one of the few women in the field who had run the course, um, in a prior year. So I raced it last year and I do think having the experience of the course helped a bunch, um, because I knew kind of when to preserve myself a bit early on for what was to come later. And I think another thing that was on my side was, um, I've been racing quite a bit this spring, more than I normally do. And it was really nice to reference in my head, okay, what is 50K pace? What is 40 mile pace? What is, mm-hmm. you know, six hour pace, whatever it is. Um, so I could tell early in the race, whenever there was a pack of probably like 10 women that went out, um, I could tell immediately, I was like, oh, that's probably like my 40 mile pace right now. And I know that's a little bit too fast that I want to be going. Um, so I think being able to tap into those race experiences really helped me. Um and then I, um, I had a great section that I shared with uh, Hoka runner Chris Brown from Cal 2 up to Forest Hill, where I think I was probably in eighth place at that time. And he just told me, he said, you're moving so well right now. And like effortlessly, he's like, I have no, uh, he's like, I have so much belief that right now, if you keep moving that exact same way, you'll be able to move on to the podium by the end of the day. So just hearing that from somebody who's been in those competitive fields and you know, had seen a lot of the women who are ahead of me throughout the day. Um, that was a nice boost and just kept my head in check, knowing that I was running the race that I really wanted to be running at that time. And what you monitoring as you got into, uh, aged, cause I mean, there, I mean, it's interesting as you say that, cause you're like, all right, this is my, this is my 40 mile pacer, 50 K pacer or whatever. Mm-hmm. Is there a part of you? I, there, I mean, there must be a part of you at that moment, uh, that's saying, okay, well then maybe my 50 K pace like is needed or, or rather if that, what my 50k if that requires my 50k pace like i just don't have it like i I, i'm not i can't be there on the day like and Mm -hmm. and does that kind of vision of the ticket like kind of fade or not really you're like i I don't i mean that's got to be a a battle in the head yeah it definitely is um and i think just the way i was closing gaps later in the race was Mm -hmm. uh that was really confidence inducing and i think that led me to not count myself out of a golden ticket race that whole time just because I felt so strong and I was closing gaps that I, you know, had that were growing earlier on in the day. But um, yeah, that kept me feeling pretty good. And 
staying positive and being able to tap into maybe some faster paces later on that I wouldn't have been comfortable running early on in the race. And that's got to fit. And let me plug another uh, question from Ellie here or comment. Uh, past few races you've done have been cool. Do you plan to do some sort of heat training or acclimatization uh, for States? Yeah, that's a great question, Ellie. Um, and I've actually, I've incorporated a lot of heat training just this year in general. Um, so, I mean, it's cold in Utah in the winter to train. So for Bandera, it was actually, I mean, it was a very nice day there, but it felt kind of warm to me. Um, so I had heat trained for that a little bit. And then going into Trans Grand Canaria, uh, 60K, which I ran back in March, was quite warm. Um, so I heat trained for a little bit for that. So what that usually entails for me is doing about like 10 days or so straight in the sauna for 25 minutes, um, usually at the end of a day after I've run or already exercised that day. Um, so for Western States, I think I'll be doing something pretty similar, um, maybe a little bit more intense, I'd imagine, maybe two weeks or so. But I've been following um, Red Jason Coop and Corinne Malcolm's um, sections in their uh, new book quite a bit. And I love the science that's there on heat training. So I'll probably keep incorporating that into Western States. And the, I feel like I'm hearing, I, mean, I think because Ellie is referencing that just because I'm working with her on a daily basis now. Mm -hmm. um, so, I, but I feel like I'm becoming more aware of that. I, I think I've always been aware of heat training to a certain extent, uh, maybe from those or friends that were doing bad water or things, but it seems the nature of that has seemed to change in terms of how people are heat training. And it's not necessarily training, it's more uh, acclimatization or I'm mispronouncing that, but in terms of just yeah. spending the time there. Exactly. I think like we're getting away from the idea of like training and puffy jackets and things like that in the heat of the day a little bit more because it seems like there's a lot more efficient and effective ways of doing it. Um, yeah, like doing a short run and where your heart rate's already elevated and then getting in the sauna for 20 to 30 minutes and like just doing it for a consistent amount of time. Um, mm -hmm. And what I like to see too is, I mean, you see athletes not necessarily just doing it for these hot races, but just as a training benefit in general, um, even as a way to train like for altitude. And things mm -hmm. like that so i don't know I, it's really cool i like to get into the science of it because i think there's like a huge benefit and it's a really interesting thing to incorporate yeah that's cool um and what i was going to say uh wove that question in but it must have been really exciting for me in those final miles and you mentioned it in terms of uh being motivated by knowing you were reeling people some some people back in and i imagine you were still getting the check-ins at aid stations either from crew or aid station crew saying you know how close am i how far out of second or whatever and just hearing that come in and yeah and it's tough. So this race is tough because um, you your last crew spot is you've got about four hours to go. And that's the last time you get to see your crew. Mm -hmm. And then the last eight stations with like in my race, for example, was two hours to go. Um, so you go two hours without <laughs> really knowing what's going on behind you. So I knew that um, I was in third place. I passed the third place woman to go into second with a mile and a half to go. Um, oh, it's literally that late. Wow. Yeah, it was late. Um, so I could see her. She was, I mean, a minute to two minutes ahead of me, probably for about five miles. And I just said, <laughs> always far enough. Um, but I had no idea what was going on behind me. Like, I knew that those last miles were actually pretty runnable. So I was like terrified Sarah was going to catch me or Laudia was going to mm -hmm. catch me because I know that they have like major yeah, they have speed. Yeah. yeah. So I knew that I knew that the race was pretty much like uh, Aroa, who um, ended up finishing third, me, Sarah and Laudia in those last miles. So I had no idea what was happening. So I just had to just keep my head in it and say, okay, once I passed into second, I felt a little bit more confident because then I was like, okay, well, I'd have to get passed by two people at this point uh -huh. to be out of a golden ticket. And you're tough, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, hopefully you've got that confidence and that assurity that, that right. There's people with wheels out there, but I mean, you're, you're tough. Um, they may be faster road marathoners, but you get up into the uh, courses with elevation miles under whatever, and you've got some experience under your belt now to, to know as well. So what, uh, what do you do with the, do you have, 
So was this Canyons always the plan or did you go at it again because you just missed it at Bandera? Yeah, I was actually planning on it most of the year regardless, um, yeah. but it definitely became like an A race after Bandera. Um, so it was really yeah. cool to focus on that. And it was cool to switch up my training a little bit differently than I normally do. Um, and it was especially nice since I had done it last year, going into it with some experience. And I mean, the race this year being under UTMB, I know there's mixed feelings about it, but it was actually a really, really well done event. Um, just definitely had a lot more grandeur than it has in the past. Um, so mm -hmm. it was pretty cool and a lot of volunteers out there and it was just really, really well done. Awesome. And now you have the uh, Western State Training Camp. Is that what you have before Western at this point? Yes, I just signed up yeah. last night. <laughs> oh, right on. Yeah, I just saw it in your profile when I was ahead of this. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, that hopefully will be a fun uh, training block and just a less stressful event uh, to look forward to coming up. So Absolutely. I know you I know you got something uh, coming up here in just a few minutes, so I'll try not to hang on to you too long. Otherwise, I could probably keep running on you for a while. <laughs> um, but thank you so much. Uh, awesome, awesome performance this past weekend. I'm really looking forward to um, seeing how your next couple months shake out and seeing you out in uh, California in a couple months. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. Totally. Yeah. Congrats, Lee. Oh, and where can people, you got something else coming up? You doing any other uh, debriefs? You got an interview coming up tonight or anything? Yeah, actually I'll be on um, Finn Melanson single track podcast coming up this cool. week or recording tomorrow and probably will be out probably later this week. So I'm Sweet. looking we'll forward look to forward. that. All right, cool. Thanks Lee. Yep. Thanks Ian. All right. See ya. Bye. So a stellar performance and grateful to have been able to connect uh, with Lee there. She is a truly incredible uh, individual and looking forward to uh, hopefully Western goes really well. Um, all right, so let's see, uh, moving into the next segment. Um, we have uh, two individuals on, which I'm also excited to uh, catch up with. We are focusing on um, heading uh, south at this point, and I am going to bring into the stream uh, <laughs> Leslie O'Dell and McLean Grove. Good to see both of you. Um, so what? to say, wait, wait, is Todd, wait, is Tom Hooper on here? Because there was there, I'm not sure if uh, maybe Leslie and I, you've maybe, have we met over the years? Have we, I have, I don't members? think so. Okay. But, um, for all those, uh, give you a little backstory here of just a minute. A friend, Tom Hooper, uh, sent a message to the three of us the other day saying he was going to go on. It was going to be a new game of tonight's episode where every time Leslie giggles, um, he, somebody was going to have to drink. Um, and I was like, he's, right, already, I may, he's already I may, drinking like five. Dude, maybe she's going to, maybe she, oh, maybe she giggles a lot. All right. And, I do. I was called the giggler a long time ago. That's awesome. You're giggling right off the bat. He was totally, there it is. Um, all right. So uh, let me intro two individuals. Um, Leslie is an ultra mom and EMT based in Albany, New Hampshire. She's finished near on the podium of most of the 35 or so trail races she's run since 2009 and continues to crank away, particularly at shorter, tough mountain races. Yeah. This is her first promised land and important yeah. experience. <laughs> and then also on with this, uh, McLean Grove. McLean has also checked in with us on prior uh, Trails Collective uh, weekly rundown episodes. Uh, he may be best known for his stellar win at the 2021 Jarman's Invitational Marathon, uh, which you all should probably check out if you haven't checked it out uh, yet. Um, he is coming at us in Roanoke. Roanoke, you, is that where you're at? Yeah, Roanoke, Virginia, yeah, southwest corner. And uh, no stranger to Horton Suffer and Love Fests. He's just hammered out uh, his third, I think, third promised land. Yeah, number three. Number three promised land with a sixth place uh, showing. So, um, McLean, this being your third time through, um, cue us into a little bit about uh, promised land. Kind of set the stage for the event and uh, overview of the uh, course. 
so it's not a 50k it's a 50k plus plus um even some more pluses probably are needed to kind of confirm the distance but yeah it's 34 miles with uh 72 or 7400 feet of vert um it's a really fun beautiful course uh springtime in virginia it's pretty nice um it's i think horton kind of say says you get experience winter and spring and sometimes summer in this race because you start lower in elevation the leaves are um all popping with their spring colors but as you go higher up into the uh, blue ridge mountains uh spring is still not sprung just yet so you're kind of more in a like late winter early spring phase um and then of course on saturday it was pretty warm out there for uh virginia april so we definitely got some summertime temperatures um but it's a heck of a race um it's beautiful it's a grind of a 50k um two really really big climbs and then lots of uh steep downhills uh, my quads are still screaming <laughs> from uh the downhills <laughs> um but yeah it's one of those races where when you live in virginia i'm only an hour away from the start line so it's a hard one to pass up every year um and if you're on the east coast i would definitely recommend coming and checking it out because uh david horton if you're familiar with him he picks out some great race courses and really really pushes you um with whatever your expectations are and kind of yeah it's just a really great time awesome community community of people and that was one that was on my and one of you is not guaranteed getting eaten by an alien right in terms of the uh the audio in the background <laughs> somebody I just want to make sure there's not. All right, I'm hearing some good uh, alien sounds. Oh, that I think that's the TV that Ryan. Oh yeah, right now. As long as you're both safe, and then I, 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 yeah, I don't need to, you know, any alarms. Um, all right, so, so it was Promised Land. That was one that was on. I've known Horton for a little while, and that was on my radar. And finally got down to um, go down and do it. It was one of my bucket list races along with Hellgate. So it was good to do them both uh, last year. Um, but I think I had built it up in my head to be. Like I knew there were some big climbs there, but I just figured it would be more technical. Um, and I guess I was really surprised <laughs> to find that it really didn't, wasn't like by East Coast standards, like mm -hmm. I was used to, like a very runnable, both the, the climbs as well as the descents. But Leslie, um, with this being your first round down there, what did you think going in or what did you build it up and were you... Did you know what to expect or were you surprised at the course? Or what you found? Uh, I guess I was, I was surprised. I didn't realize it was going to be completely runnable. <laughs> and there were times mm -hmm. where I was like, why is this so runnable? I just want to, I just want to walk. I just want to power <laughs> hike. Uh <-huh. laughs> and, I'm not, and we don't have anything up here that has those long downhills, like four or five miles where you can just run downhill like that. That's just not, not a thing. Like everything appears technical and that's long downhill and straight downhill. So that was just the total surprise to me. Um, it was, it was pretty brutal. I mean, I loved it. I loved I loved most of the runnable stuff, but there were times where I was like, oh, I wish this was just a super <laughs> steep technical climb and I could just power oh, for an yeah, hour. Right. <laughs> yep. Um, and then how'd it, uh, how'd it go? Um, McLean, for you, you finished uh, sixth overall. It wasn't quite as uh, clean as you would have hoped. How'd your day shake out? Yeah, um, it was, I mean, it's a good race no matter what. I'm always happy to be out there and spend a, long Saturday morning in the mountains. Um, definitely wasn't my best race. Uh, was hoping for some more. Um, but pretty early on in the race, just legs did not have it. Uh, we got to the grassy roads, went up the first big climb. And that's really where you can open it up usually. It's about a four-mile descent with some rollers. Um, really beautiful sunrise at that point. 
And uh, Michael Owen, usually he likes to take it out at that point, and that's where he likes to um, loosen up his legs. And so he took off at that point with another guy. And my buddy George and I kind of looked at each other and like, all right, I guess we got to go for it. Um, so George were you took off at that point when he started opening yeah. it up? Oh, yeah, uh-huh. that was about mile five once you hop up on some single track. Um, yep. And the three of them took off, opened up well. My buddy Joseph opened it up pretty nicely. And I just, I tried to open it up. And from that point on, my leg just kind of felt heavy. Um, and I kept trying to keep up with them, stay within eyesight, within like 50, 60 yards of them. But just kind of could tell that the speed, my speed was not going to be there that day. Um, so I kind of settled into sixth place and basically held on to sixth place the entire day. So it was really mm-hmm. consistent race for me. Um, <laughs> hung on to sixth place. And uh, um, yeah, it was just it, 50K is a different distance. I'm the, Before Promised Land this year, I ran uh, the B Series here in Virginia. So it's all of Horton's original races. And so leading up to Promised Land back in 2021, I had Mount Masochist, Helgi, and Grindstone uh, all back to back to back in the fall. So I think my mentality may have not been all there for a 50K because mm-hmm. it's really a hammer fest. It's a different effort, yeah. Um, so I kept telling myself, all right, we're going to get to mile 20, 26, and we'll be good. Um, but when you're running a 34-mile race, you kind of have to, from the onset, have that uh, pit bull mentality. Um, so, yeah, it was a good day. I uh, can't complain. Um, still happy with uh, uh, sixth-place finish. So, yeah, mm-hmm. got a pair of shorts and a nice top 10 finisher prize. So can't complain at all. And then, Leslie, um, what do you expect? I mean, what do you think going in? Because you're t- often you'll do some more technical, uh, shorter, like mountain stuff, right? I mean, so this is yeah. already going long for what you yeah. <laughs> often do. And as you said, a very runnable course. So, yeah. yeah. And you've got, I know last year when I got down there, I think the first, like, I don't know, five or 10 miles or whatever, I was just like, man, like what is going on with my calf? <laughs> like it was just kind of oh, cramped up yeah. and you're getting yep. those so <laughs> runnable roads. And, yeah. and then I was like, Oh wait, cause I just drove like eight hours yesterday oh, and brutal. my legs were yeah. locked up and that's it. My foot was on the accelerator for literally yeah. eight hours. So, and so how do you feel? I mean, you got out of the car and it's, it's a long, very runnable race. Yeah. Well, so we drove, we drove down on Thursday <laughs> My dog. Um, we drove down on Thursday and then Friday went out for a training run just to just ran up from Sunset Fields up Apple Orchard. And it was the worst run ever. I like <laughs> I felt awful. I looked at my watch, it was 0.93 that we'd gone. I was like, I, and I had like this mini panic attack. <laughs> not really, but I was like, I can't do this. I can't. There's no way I'm gonna finish this. I should not even start. I'm like, there's just no way. I'm not, I can't even do this. We we I mean, I didn't really run most of the winter. It wasn't on purpose, but um, I had little injuries or I just stopped running. I didn't really start running again. Um, till maybe the end of February, last week of February. And, uh, slowly we had like four weeks really. I just, when we actually really trained. So I was like, there's just no way this is just, I'm not going to finish this. So I was really nervous. I felt awful. But then, uh, Ryan reminded me that whenever I say I'm, whenever I have a bad day, the day before race, dude, I usually have well. a good race. Yeah. yeah. And I don't, I don't know what happened, but I just, I'm, I mostly felt good the whole way. I just kept going and I mean, I really, I didn't walk a step till like my, just before mile 12 when I just wanted to stop and have a gel and uh-huh. um, felt, felt really good. I mean, I struggled up Apple Orchard. Mm-hmm. I think everybody <laughs> yeah, does. That's a, yeah, yeah, that's just, a brutal I, I, part I, of the race. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was doing okay. I felt great. And then just about a quarter up, I just, the sun just got 
just beaming down and it got so much hotter all of a sudden and everybody around us was pretty much dying. Like, <laughs> uh-huh. so I, I think that even though we live in New Hampshire, nobody down, nobody down there had been in this heat either. So it was like all, none of us were acclimated. It was like an even playing field, even though we we're from a little farther North, but, um, but yeah. So, but once I got up there, I just, it was painful, but I just flew down after that. So I, I actually had a really good race. I don't even know how I, how I did that. I just, we ran 17 miles was our max run. Um, mm-hmm. like, the week before because <laughs> you're wise and this was something that uh leslie and i had um she had shared a, a funny um experience uh, with me from <laughs> mid-race when it was commenting she just commented she um so leslie is uh has sage uh wisdom at age 46 i can say that because I'm, I'm right behind you at uh, 45 yeah. and man at least for me like 45 is a whole lot different than 42 and 42 oh, yeah. is world different than the 30s and so for yeah, you to still huge. be cranking uh now and surrounded by like you said the 20 somethings i mean that's that's awesome yeah yeah i didn't expect that at all i just i honestly just came in to finish i didn't even know if that could happen so i was shocked that i i was pretty much fourth right maybe after the first mile and i never never saw another woman and stayed fourth the whole way kind of like you were sixth the whole way yeah Um, but yeah, I was I was shocked with it. <laughs> I didn't expect that at all. So. And the funny story, just because I thought it was pretty funny, <laughs> I'll share her. Was actually you. You go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, just just past the first aid station, I passed a, a couple of guys, or maybe three or four guys that were just, that stopped real quick just to get water, and then they caught right back up with, with me. And this one guy was like behind me. He's like asked me my name, and I told him, and then he goes, "Are you Rachel Spalding's mom?" <laughs> i'm like are you being a douchebag or are you just i i really think i'm i'm her mom i wasn't sure (laughs) i was like i was like uh i guess i could be i'm like 20 years older but i was like i don't know (laughs) why he asked me that yeah it's pretty funny that's awesome (laughs) made me feel Um, really old (laughs) yeah well you are you are really old (laughs) that's true yeah fair um, but still, I mean, for being Rachel's mom, I mean, you're awesome. I mean, you're, you're kicking ass at age 46 and that's pretty stellar. And your daughter is outstanding too. So I'm yeah, thankful for her. Strong My teenage mom. Strong teens. Yep. Totally. Yeah. Um, well, you both had uh, really good performances, uh, stellar race. What do you both have, uh, coming up McLean, what you got on your uh, docket? Um, not really sure right now. Like I said earlier, I did the B series back in 2021. That was and plus Jarman's and some other races locally. And this, that was a much more mental endeavor than I thought it would be. It's kind of taken me a few months. Oh, uh, no, just the B oh, the series, series in general. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And especially waiting until Hellgate to finish up the series. You're already in December. And as ultra runners, you guys know, you kind of have to plan out your next year calendar so far in advance. Um, so I'm just kind of taking it by stride. Uh, I might run some local races here in Roanoke. Uh, thinking JFK maybe to kind of test out a different style of a ultra marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then definitely want to go back to Hellgate. Uh, that's kind of <laughs> that's my, to my heart. Thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So just having fun with it. Just going to kind of take it easy this year and see what excites me. Maybe some FKT attempts here locally, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh-huh. And just in case, Sophie, Sophie says Jarman's totally sucks. Yeah, um, it's type three fun the entire time. <laughs> yeah. um, and Leslie, what you got to plan? Uh, not much really. Last, some small trail races right now. Not really sure. I think I might go back and do a ragged 75 stage race in New mm-hmm. Hampshire. I did that in 2017. The one that Tom Hooper puts on. Um, yep. It's a three-day stage race. Pretty fun. Kind of wanted to go back and do that again. Um, but not I, nothing I, really on the plan and like set in stone. 
How's your body feeling now? Do you recover okay? Or is getting up and on off the toilet still kind of tough? I'm not really <laughs> sore anymore. Like I, I ran a few steps yesterday and it, I was actually, I was sore, but um, just, just seeing how I felt and I didn't actually run, but um, I'm so actually not neck. really that sore. So, so you probably <laughs> want to come race breakneck this weekend is what you're telling me. Oh yeah. Oh, it's yeah. a long drive. We just passed there twice. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a third of the distance. You'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> maybe next year. It, it's been on my list actually for years. And so mm -hmm. maybe next year. <laughs> All right, cool. um, well, thanks to both of you for taking a bit out of your time uh, this evening. Nice work. I, Leslie, I will get up uh, in your neck of the woods here at, at some point nice. for an adventure yeah. in McLean. Hopefully, yeah, I don't. I, I want to say I don't want to go back to Hellgate, but really, everybody <laughs> kind of wants to go back to Hellgate. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe I'll see you down there in December. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Ian. All right. Congrats, yeah, Leslie, on your promised land finish. <laughs> thanks. You too. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. All right. See you. Bye. All right. Um, next up, uh, we have, um, one of the, let me bring him in here. Um, hello, Rob. Hello. Hello. How are you? you Whoa. I'm looking really big. I'm going to move this up. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. If your, your head's yeah. about as big as my, my, body yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, so going to focus on one that I think wasn't necessarily my radar until a few years ago, which is crazy because it's the. I mean, as you say on the website, and I think backed up in the stats, probably probably the biggest biggest single distance, at least trail race in the country. Yeah, there, um, I think there are some maybe trail running festivals, uh, Pineland Farms over the years. Heiner gets big numbers, but they're combining the, different the Dipsy. distances. The yeah, Dipsy you, is bigger. Oh, uh, but yeah. Dipsy, Dipsy, Dipsy just run. I can't remember one distance though. Fifteen hundred, fifteen hundred runners limit, and it's one distance oh, yeah. point to point. So it's uh. Yep. But it's it's a stage like they start in in uh, in waves. So they because they they start on a staircase that's six hundred and ninety six steps up mm -hmm. the hill there. So it's it's a it's kind of you know it's based on age and it's based on uh, gender. So they let the six year old boys and the seventy nine year old women go first, and then everyone else goes a minute after that. You know, based on your age. Um, and then everyone has to, the finish is the same place for everyone. So the first one to cross the finish line is the winner of that race, which is, which actually is funny. It's, it's uh, over a hundred years old. So it's, it's a great, it's a great race, but uh, it's on my bucket list. <laughs> well, you need to get out there and yeah. the, um, I guess that's right. Um, so that's, so I haven't even mentioned it, but um, the uh, Leatherman's, so this is the Leatherman's Loop uh, 10K. Um, it's been on my radar the past uh, few years. Cause it's huge and goes back. It's one of the older trail events in Northeast. What first year was 1987? 1987. Yep. 1987. Yeah, we haven't, haven't done it in the last two years, but uh, this was the first year since 19, uh, since 2019. Uh-huh. And so tell us a bit about um, what Leatherman's is all about. Kind of paint the picture for us. Sure. It's um. well, it's, so we just ran it on Sunday. Uh, it just happened and it's a, it's a 10 K trail race. But uh, the, the draw of it, the reason why it's so popular, I think, is because it's it's just a it's kind of it's an accessible race, but it's also it's very runnable. But it also has obstacles, natural obstacles. We run through the Cross River, literally through the river twice. Um, there's other uh, there's an old sand quarry, actually two old sand quarries that we run up. It's basically a 45 degree, you know, hand over fist climb, uh, and we go through a section we call the mud flats. That's about and about about a kilometer of that, uh, maybe maybe half of a kilometer is just 
you know, it's like by the end of the race, it's, it's chocolate pudding at the race yeah. you're just running through. Uh -huh. And, and, you know, you can, and, and this, 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 this past spring was a, just a, an epic kind of uh, rainstorm after rainstorm after rainstorm. I mean, you're in the, you're in New York. So, you, mm -hmm. you know, we've gotten so many, there's no, there has been no let up in the rain. So the, the, it was a beautiful day Sunday, but the mud under underfoot was just, you know, just amazing. There. So, yeah. It was there. And you get, I mean, well, that's interesting. So the, uh, so I'll put on a uh, breakneck point uh, this weekend and it's uh, mm -hmm. wild each year in putting that on just to see the number of individuals who will be, uh, ascending breakneck and I'm typically positioned to the top and they're out there and uh, just a pair of road shoes. And it's great that people are tackling things out of their comfort zone, but they're mm -hmm. trying to shimmy up these slabs. And it's just like, man, you could be in something a lot better. So when I think of Leatherman's and as you're talking about, and in the mud fest, you, I mean, you get a ton of people coming in of all uh, ages, experiences, return vets, but oh. that's gotta be a, a kind of fun slop fest. And, you know, it's, I, it's, it's really a welcoming crowd. And, but we do things like, if someone's run for more than 10 years, we give them a special stripe on their bib. So it's kind of a, you know, a recognition mm -hmm. that you're either a little crazy or you're, you know, just very loyal. And, um, you know, we had, we had an, a, a year where a guy running in towards the last, there's a second water crossing to get back to the finish line area. And, uh, that's where everyone, you know, you have a hundred people just cheering people on, just trying to make them dive in, try to make them. Uh -huh. So he steps in the mud and he comes up, and his, his shoe is gone. So he's, <laughs> you know, he's looking at the finish line towards the finish line. He's going, so he starts rooting around in the mud and he grabs, he pulls up the shoe and everyone cheers. And he goes, wait, that's not my, not my shoe. <laughs> nice. Someone uh -huh. else from, from the, and he was in the top 10. So it wasn't someone else who lost their shoe. It was someone from the year before who just never found their shoe. So the, the mud. Donated shoes. <laughs> we do get, yeah, we do get a lot of shoes that see their last race. Um, mm -hmm. for the leather man so it's it's a lot of fun i mean and a lot of people come out um just you know it's kind of a good family vibe a lot of families come out you know parents who've run it bring their you know we have we had a couple of eight-year-olds running it this year and they you know they did it in you know if you do it in under an hour that's your you've you're doing pretty well you're doing pretty well you're top 25 percent uh, under an mm -hmm. hour for 10k that's not you know for yeah. road 10k that's well you know but for for this race an hour is is a time a lot of people target and you can see it, you know, you see a mm -hmm. lot of people crowd over to try to get the, the one hour point. But yeah, the, there's a couple of the eight year olds finished in like an hour and eight minutes, or, you know, an hour and 10 minutes. And, you know, hats off to them there. That's got to be crazy energy, right? Because you're all starting in a field and you're all still bottlenecking at some point. And for being oh, yeah. like an eight year old kid, I mean, there's got to be massive amount of energy. But I mean, that's a lot. That's a mob scene kind of coming at you. Yes. Yeah. So the field, the quarter mile, there's a quarter mile meadow. And the field stretches out like a cross country meet on steroids. Just <laughs> you know, and it's not everyone's not towing the line. I can tell you that. And and they just go out like a shot. And the the front runners just get out there because they know when you start to hit the the trails, it's still you know, a, I guess it's not a single track. It's like a triple track um, going into the woods. But it's um, it does narrow down in the first mile, and you get on the hills when you're with the, the slower pack you're you're running in place sometimes you're 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 not getting a pr in that if you're mm -hmm. not in the, if you're not going out that first 200 meters like like you're in a 200 meter you know track mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people have told me that you know they 
they train specifically for the start of that race. <laughs> you know, they sure. do hills, they're they're doing, you know, they're like, I, I know I gotta sprint across that field and I gotta have enough lactic acid, you know, uh, tolerance at that point, right? Yeah. And just to be able to go once you once you get going, um, you're just gonna once you're ahead of the pack, the pack kind of pushes you along. So uh, I've got <laughs> yeah, so, so many people, you better not stop or kind of, you know, you're going to get trampled by a mass. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. can always, you can always pull off to the side and people will, mm -hmm. tons of people will pass you, but you, you will get, you know, if you're in the, if you're in the, you know, the bottom, like the, not in the top 20% of the people out of that field, you're, you know, you, my advice to anyone who wants to get, you know, a good time is to, is to, is to sprint at the, at the start. <laughs> and, uh, and that, but there's a lot of time, there's a lot of trail, you know, after that first water crossing, which is about the one and a half mile mark, that's when the race really begins because you, you know, you, you have, you're, you know, there's, there's room on the trail right next to the river. It's pretty wide. Uh, and then you go out into some meadows and you, you come into a lot of places where you can, you can pass and be passed. So, mm -hmm. but, but there is a, a fair share of single track. Um, and, uh, but yeah, there's a lot of room to do like, you know, to, yeah, to make up the yeah. time if you, but, but if you lose 10 minutes at the start, you're, you're done. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's going to be a, a lot of people to weave through. Okay. And every year uh, runs in April. Is that the, uh, April always runs, it always runs a Sunday after the Boston marathon. That's, that's the, uh, the, the running calendar for, for the race. So next uh -huh. year, it's April 23rd. And, it, and, and uh, yeah, okay. it's, it's popular. We, we, uh, we have entry cause we, can only have a certain number of people and even though it's a big race uh we do a lottery in in january to get in so uh, okay and how many entrants uh can you take and then how many people enter the lottery um we we took in i think 1600 and we had a, almost uh, probably 1200 so we had a bunch of no-shows um mm -hmm. for whatever reason just because it was a january entry yeah. and it's an april race so um yeah. but it allows us a lot more time to plan it allows the county a lot more time to kind of get ready and Get mm -hmm. the park ready because it was their first big race you know first big event in a couple of years yeah yeah so yeah it's, it's sorry go ahead no you're good so that's uh so that's awesome so for those um of you who don't know definitely check out the uh leatherman's again that wasn't on my uh radar until a, a few years ago and i was like wow like how have i not heard about <laughs> literally one of the biggest trail races in the country so yeah. and we have a couple of there's a couple other races that we have a kind of a loose collective called the trail mix so okay. it's, it's seven trail races in the Westchester Fairfield area outside New York city. And it's They range from four and a half mile to half marathon distance and all, all trail races. And then at the end of the year, we kind of tally up your, your best times. And then, you know, given, we give an award to the top women, a top woman and top men. For, uh, for and were you the first one, first one out of the gate. So the rest of the series first is still one, to yeah. come. So yeah, we have, we have, uh, one coming up called a mild sprain. It's not, I don't, we don't put it on, but it's a, it's a group uh, run by another trail runner, Dave Vogel, who's um, it raises money for JDRF, the, the type one diabetes research. And he's uh, that's Jan, uh, June 4th, June 5th, Sunday, June 5th. So that's the next one. And the rest of them are in the fall. So it's, okay. there's a bunch of them in the fall. There's five more races in the fall. We kind of take the summer off because mm -hmm. it's, it's hot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and permitting is tough uh, in the summer months in some of these yeah. parks too. So yeah, there's a lot of you know a lot more crowds, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, cool. Well, I appreciate you taking a few uh, minutes of your night uh, out here. Sure. And um, uh, man, 
like I said, I'd get out there, but I feel like I'm only getting older to do a 200 meter sprint at the front of our race. And, <laughs> oh, man, that just well, sounds. There's always it's a good time if you're not looking for a good, uh, you know, a PR. Actually, it'll be your PR if you do it. So. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> uh, there's right. always there's always room for improvement. I think the experience is is kind of like it's more of a a, a running festival, like a, a, yeah. a moving. Um, someone called it a, a, a trail Woodstock, just because everyone gets all muddy and you can end up, you know, and everyone ends up equally dirty in the end. Nice. Wow. All right. Well, I look forward to uh, taking on the trail Woodstock one of these years. And uh, thanks again right. for queuing us yeah. in here tonight. Sure. Thanks, Ian. All right, Rob. I'll talk to you later. Take care. All right. Bye. All right. So check that out. That's Leatherman's Loop uh, 10K. Sounds like a pretty cool one. Uh, all right. Uh, rolling through. Uh, next up, we are going to hone in on Interview Trail Challenge. Jill. Jared, good to see you both. Uh, um, so, Hinerview Trail Challenge. I imagine most people uh, know about, at least here in the Northeast, uh, a classic uh, trail race put on by the PA Trail Dogs. Uh, also one of the larger trail races probably in the country in terms of numbers. Uh, do you guys know what there was it like? It's still around 1,000 people or something like that this weekend? Somewhere in there? I think the 25 had like a little over 700, and it looked like, when I looked at the finish, it looked like uh, the 50K had about close to 300. Yeah. So uh, early uh, and also just classic in terms of good elevation gain loss. And you guys can uh, cue us in here in a minute on some of the course changes, even though it was your first time through, at least for the uh, 50K distance. And but also some some questionably runnable stuff, but also a lot of really runnable terrain with uh, a good steep up to start that's still runnable, really beautiful um, descents into the finish, and a really just a uh, cool course, good vibe, uh, good gathering uh, afterward. Uh, but let me cue you for all those uh, who maybe don't know uh, Jill and Jared. Uh, Jill is coming at us from Red Lion PA. Uh, she jumped onto my radar and has checked in with us on a few occasions uh, with Trails Collective last year, uh, following solid runs at Heiner, Slate Run, Sproul, and the Heiner Half. Uh, really kind of jumped into the scene with uh, either second or first place finishes there. Uh, she's still a young buck and took a stab at the full plate with the Heiner 50K this round. Uh, it looked like a tight race for second through the fourth slots with Jill finishing fourth. And then Jared, for those of you who don't know uh, Jared, uh, he and his wife Lauren uh, have an empty macro and miles uh, that they are uh, sporting, putting on some of their uh, own events, awareness, and community. Uh, he's a stud across distances, prior U.S. trail team member, uh, this is your first Heiner, right? Of either distance? Yeah. 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 First time, yeah. And uh, charging with a commanding win and new course record on the revised uh, course. So uh, definitely got it done uh, out there. Um, Jill, let's uh, start with you. So you were uh, picking off a, a longer uh, distance this year. I mean, so did you, uh, how was it? I mean, you trained a little bit different going in. Did you more jump in? Uh, what were you expecting? And Yeah, so... Um... I know my profile like says I, I think I live in Redline, but I actually about November moved to Nashville. So oh, I do wow. live, okay. Yes, yeah, so I, I live in Nashville now. So um but there is like climbs and hills and stuff here. Um, but I also do CrossFit and stuff. So it's one of those things where I kind of quote unquote being a natural runner and I don't really follow a plan and I just think, Oh, I've been athletic, I can just go out and do stuff. 
Um, and I'll say the 50K kind of bit me in the ass here. <laughs> like, um, I started out really well. Like, I was first female for the first 12, 13 miles, and I was feeling good. And so then we got to like a straightaway, and I was like, all right, I'm going to kind of, you know, I was looking back, I was like, oh, there's really no one behind me. And I was like, all right, I'm going to kind of slow it down now. And then out of nowhere, like the first place girl, like, just came around me and I'm very competitive and I'm just like, Oh no, no, no. Like this ain't going to happen. And so like, I try to like speed up and like, we were just for about a mile kind of going back and forth. Um, and I was like, I, I just kind of like, my body was like, I can't do this. Like I, it's not even, we're not even halfway through this yet. And so I was just like, all right, I'll just slow down. And I, I just didn't see her after that. Um, and eventually I, Got past again. And then what was weird was I, when I finished, I thought I was going to be third. I don't know. The second place girl, I literally, I, I must've just been delirious, but I have no clue when she passed me. Um, but it is what it is. But yeah, the, this race was, I think the hardest part for me, I knew the climbs coming in. I actually did basically both part. Like I did the Heiner last year, which I know the course changed a little bit. I did tw the 25. Um, and then the Heiner half, I believe, which is kind of the second half of this kind of course, um, I, I did. So I kind of knew the course to a point, um, but I just didn't expect how rocky it was. Like my mm -hmm. feet hurt so bad just from like all the little rocks. And I know one of the guys I knew on the course, we were running and he like passed me and he's like, oh, I love these rocks but I did not like they, they just destroyed my feet. Um, did you tell that, him in the moment you were like, I actually disagree with you that these. Yeah, I told him, I was like, what huh? are you talking about? He's like, DJ, I love these. And he's like sprinting down. And I was like, I don't know how you're running so fast on these rocks. Like they were just like little rocks. And then this year I thought like there were so many leaves down. And so you couldn't see like the roots and all the rocks. And it was just, uh, to me, that terrain was miserable. <laughs> like I hated the rocks. Um, but yeah. And then I think like, I've, I'm also a road runner. I really enjoyed road because I, I like to go fast. Um, but you know, I'm learning with trails, just, it's, it's total, you know, mental battle where it's like, you're going uphill where a lot of times you're hiking it. And then all of a sudden now you got to get your body to, okay, now we got to start running again. And that's like really hard for me. Cause I like mentally, my body wants to go, 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 go. And I had to like slow it down and now I got to pick it back up. So I'm still learning. Like I just got into trail running. Like last year was my first 25 uh, or trail, like the Heiner 25. So, um, you know, I'm still new to it, but yeah, it was definitely, I was about ready to just get across that finish line. <laughs> and then Jared, what do you think coming in? So you've got uh, quite a bit more, I mean, you're a variable runner as well. I mean, you, you run you're all over the place in terms of, I think your skill set. you can run really fast on roads. You can run well and cross, you can go long. Um, I mean, what was your experience uh, out there to kind of echo what you're hearing from Jill and kind of her first time through and how you experienced it? Yeah, no, I mean, this winter I was kind of training a lot on the roads and um, kind of before, so I was on the wait list for Heiner and I kind of got in like last December. I think they, they kind of let out the list. And before that, I was like, oh, I'm going to run a fast marathon, you know, either sometime in the spring. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, I get into Heiner and then white face comes out and there's like the U S championship. So I'm like, oh, I signed up for that too. Um, so now I kind of <laughs> switched my focus more 
uh, mountain trail stuff, uh, at least for now. Um, so doing Heiner was, um, you know, I, I heard it was always a, a really good race, really fun race. And um, yeah, so I wanted to try it out. Um, I did focus a lot of strength this year um, in the winter, uh, just like lifting weights and stuff like that. Um, but I also put in a lot of just road faster miles as well. Um, so my preparation, I wasn't too sure on how it actually translate to the trails, um, but it ended up working out pretty well. Um, uh, we kind of, it was a new course, so I'm not sure if uh, the course record is like, was, I feel like the course was a little bit easier than the previous years. So I'm not sure how it translates, but what did, um, did you get to i mean i know you probably caught up with matt what was matt's i mean so you probably yeah i mean what are the people i saw mixed things i heard people saying that it was harder and more elevation gain was there i mean what did some of the vets say um I, there was one guy andrew simpson he simpson, actually yeah. won a, a virgil uh crest yeah. there and i was thinking i mean not to cut you off here because don't lose that train of thought but i was as you were talking also i was thinking knowing that andrew was out there as well and andrew's also one that trains quite a bit on the roads and train predominantly roads ahead of Virgil. Yeah, I mean, so I actually uh, spent a few miles just running with him um, and it got to know him a little bit. And, um, you know, it was, a, it was actually really fun. So uh, the whole day was kind of, I felt really good. Um, you know, nothing really bad happened, nothing like great happened either. Um, so sometimes when that happens, you just have like just a, a pretty good result at the end. Mm -hmm. Um, if it's, you know, just an ultra, um, but yeah, no, I, I think, you know, having that kind of speed portion of your like high end aerobic, um, capacity, and then also just having your strength. Like I know you had mentioned, uh, CrossFit and stuff. I think that probably does help. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, once you get used to like running on, you know, uneven surfaces and rocks and stuff like that, that, um, you know, you'll, you'll get a lot better, um, for sure. Uh, so yeah. And what about, uh, so in terms of, uh, you experiencing quite a, a variety of courses as well, what did, what was your experience of the technicality of Heiner it being your first run? What'd you expect and how'd you find it? Yeah, I honestly, I thought it was just like a perfect course. <laughs> like it had, uh, basically mostly all runnable sections um you know your power hiking uh, a lot of like a couple of steep sections but for the most part it's you know runnable uh there's some rocky portions which you know can be fun at some times and then also can be like uh you know if you're tripping a lot or you know uh, I, I find myself like i wasn't too trail ready um so i tripped a couple times i fell once just on like a flat uneven or just non-rocky section so um yeah so i i fell like once and then um i talked to andrew and he said he fell too and then so it, i mean it happens um but yeah so it's not super uh technical but it's also um pretty runnable as well, mm -hmm. as well and the climbing is just like almost perfect um as far as like a, a tough course goes so yeah and andrew had andrew's run the 50k there before that i don't remember yeah he said um pretty much he's coming either second or third uh every time he's run so good way to uh, way to just <laughs> way to just drive that that point home there and yeah, yeah. 
And so what did he think about the course then? I kind of, kind of cut you off for coming back around. Did he feel like it was uh, tougher, easier, or what was his? Uh, he, he mentioned it was pretty similar to last year, but I was looking at the course like profile, and I think last year was a little bit more climbing and slightly longer. Mm -hmm. uh, so it probably would be close to the course record, but I think the course record was actually – a kind of a completely different course um but yeah yeah um and jill what you got uh you're gonna still keep coming uh north for races now that you're down in nashville or yeah i mean a bunch of people now that i have like a lot of friends up there now um a bunch of them want me uh well and i get we'll see but i'm thinking about doing black force so that's oh right on see. Uh, I know, like, right? Like, uh, yeah, I mean, that's I the next know. logical step, I suppose. <laughs> You've done a 50K now, and, and I know. That, it sounded like that went beautifully, particularly in the mid miles, um, where you don't even know where somebody took a portal and were a little. <laughs> so, you might as well just jump to 100K that starts at midnight. I mean, that's the, <laughs> right. Yeah. I know. Uh -huh. So, I was like asking two of the girls, the, part of the York Bridge Runners. And they said their thing about doing it. I was like, okay, good, because I don't want to run in the dark by myself. <laughs> uh, you should probably just confront that demon. <laughs> you know I, mean? I know. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to just see if Dave will actually just start you in your own wave uh, all uh, by yourself there, actually. And let a bear eat me. <laughs> yeah, no bear is going to eat you. Yeah, unless it's Keith, who's just climbing, climbing in now. Maybe, maybe <laughs> the bear that would eat you. Um, but a shout out there and from uh, Larry Baker uh, as well on uh, representing. Uh, and then, uh, Jared, I kind of know what you got coming up, but what you got coming up? Um, I'm going kind of back to shorter races. Uh, so I'm doing Lucifer's Crossing, mm -hmm. and then, which is in like June, and then um, Whiteface. Uh, so I'll try to get some faster stuff in and. Um, yeah, shorter mountain stuff, but uh, Heiner really made me want to do like a, a longer ultra as well. So we'll see what happens. It's tough, man, because again, as I mentioned, you are so, and Jill, you are as well. You're both so versatile. Um, but Jared, you just kind of been around the scene longer where that's, that's tricky because you you can really, you can pick from like any distance out there. And how do you kind of hone in on like this? one track because again you could i don't know run like a 220 road marathon or you could throw down on a 50 or like a 100 mile finish man you can you can kind of do whatever and then jill you're only just starting to find that so um it's cool to have so many options i guess uh and then jared you guys are putting on some races as well what are you guys planning or what do you have on deck with macro and miles uh so uh it's miles and macros <laughs> miles and macro sorry yeah <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but yeah, in a month or so, we have just like a 10 mile um, trail race, which is basically like a mile from my house. And it's a park that, you know, I've, I've run, um, you know, in high school and, you know, all my life. So uh, it's kind of special doing that. Um, and then in June, we have a, a 24 hour track event that we're doing. Um, and that should be fun <laughs> uh, to host like like last year, um, uh, I ran, I ran it in October, um, just for fun. And then, um, then in July, stop sometimes, and maybe Lauren, maybe Lauren just supports you, but at some point do you stop and question, uh, doing a hundred mile track race when you say, I just kind of did it for fun. I mean, kind of, <laughs> oh, you know. yeah, no, it, I don't know. It's, 
you just get hooked on just running and doing. <laughs> Some people get hooked on running, but that doesn't necessarily imply 100 miles on a track, kind of running, you know, just for fun. Maybe sometimes yeah. question the the logical sequence. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I remember like asking you if you wanted to do it, and you're like, "No, I'm." <laughs> that sounds awful. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and what's the name of one you guys have coming up? You mentioned the one close to home. Uh, it's Santa Serengeti. So we kind of start around like a beach area and then go up to the Serengeti, which is like a you know, kind of open uh, view in the summer and it kind of looks like the Serengeti. So, um, and that's in Green Lakes? Yeah. Yep. Cool. And then you have one Greek Peak as well. When's that? Yeah, that's at the end of July. Um, and uh, so we have like an uphill challenge and then a 5K and a 10K. So cool. And then uh, Ellie has a comment uh, here, or actually, she probably has a couple. Um, so I, I don't know. I guess you'll you'll have to, um, yeah, deal with that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I was I'm pretty busy that weekend, so <laughs> sorry. Of course, you are. Of course, you are. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, I would um, love to do it. And he sure. says, yeah. Um, and so this for those who are maybe just listening. Uh, Ellie was asking what what the hell's with basically Jared not wanting to pace her at Western States, and who would choose a wedding over me. Um, yeah. so that's understandable. Um, um, so, all right. Uh, so Jill, I will look forward to, uh, seeing how your build up to black Canyon goes. Hopefully you just, you try the training program where you just do all CrossFit, um, <laughs> up to actually there was, I'm forgetting his name. He's in my network. There's another PA trail runner. He has his own YouTube channel. Can't remember whether it was world's end or black Canyon where he, oh, did. I think it's Wor world's end. I think was world's end where he did only he did basically a no running training program going into world's end or something like that i think i know who you're talking about i thought it was world end world yeah, end. it might have been it could have been world's end i think it was maybe uh it might have been black canyon but in any case i think it still works so maybe you should just tweak it and try the only crossfit program into black yeah canyon. i'm just gonna make my own program then everyone can follow me <laughs> yeah that's outstanding <laughs> uh well it's been cool to see you uh continuing to uh, build into the scene and hopefully you keep coming uh, north so I can keep uh, still seeing yeah. having fun what you're doing for sure yeah all right well thanks for joining us for a bit here uh, tonight and I will uh, check in with you on the next round all right thank you all right cool yeah nice work all right now I'm going to keep Jared uh, on the hook here and I am going to bring in uh, Brian Vanderheiden uh, Brian is coming into us or coming at us here from Connecticut he has an event company uh, Steep Endurance uh, no stranger to also creating beautiful and burly uh, trail races and also participating uh, in one of the same uh, as well. Uh, and Cole gave us a Jared, Jared, Jared. Now he's giving us a Brian, Brian, Brian. I want to say that Jared got maybe, actually Jared got five Jareds and Brian only got three Brian's. Um, well, Jared's a little faster than me, so. Jared's a little faster. Yeah. So Cole, you need to even out that enthusiasm. Um, but bringing Brian in, uh, so the two of them, it was cool because I've seen some of you, I think Brian, you reached out and Jared, I had seen a couple posts uh, from you on just commenting. I don't know. It's, it's, so we're going to get into Breakneck Point Trail Marathon. Uh, it's this weekend. And I had uh, submitted it uh, to be the U.S. Trail Marathon uh, Championships. Uh, they decided to uh, keep it with um, Moab uh, in terms of the championship. I think there's kind of a, a political move there on appeasing all people. Um, so they kept Moab as a championship, but they gave us the uh, uh, the slot of being an automatic qualifier for the US 40K team. It's us and Pikes Peak. 
uh, for the two. So the winner of Breakneck Point will get the automatic bid. Uh, Breakneck has already been in prior years uh, one of the, I think probably one of the more competitive events uh, in the East uh, and pretty cool uh, that it's over a pretty burly course as well. And so I'd seen Jared comment on just noticing that the field is pretty stacked. Uh, and then Brian reached out as well. And so um, I thought I'd bring them on here um, and just uh, dig into that uh, a bit. And then um, I know Brian created the document, Jared, do you feel like you have an equal handle on kind of the women's and, and men's fields? You've kind of sifted through it as well or one versus the other? Um, actually, Brian did a really good job, honestly. Yeah. Um, so I was just going to let him kind of talk to, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. So let's do this. So we'll let uh, Brian maybe um, present the uh, kind of do an overview, uh, I guess, of uh, both fields. We can maybe start with the uh, the women and then move on to the men, and then maybe let's go through your top maybe uh, five uh, picks, starting with number five and then going into your favorite for the win. Um, and does that work? And if you, and I know the men's field, I, so as RD, I had reached out to a lot of women uh, nationally, uh, trying to really build the women's field as well. I had several uh, really fast uh, Rocky or West Coast women. Uh, a couple were just uh, questioning or concerned with the technicality of the course, uh, maybe coming from areas that have a lot of elevation gain and loss, but I mean, Beast Coast is Beast Coast and Breakneck has a good amount of technicality. And so it just beats you down uh, differently. Uh, we had a few that had uh, event conflicts, either with canyons or uh, a couple others that were in the mix. Um, and then uh, some that just couldn't make it. And so I was hoping to have an equally a strong women's field. And we have some phenomenal women uh, in the field, but it's not, uh, I think it's pretty fair to say it's not as deep, uh, nearly as deep as the uh, men's field. And so um, not to be, I, I want to, make sure I'm clear here that um, I want to respect uh, and gender neutrality, uh, so to speak, but the reality is that the men's field is just deeper. Uh, so with that said, and maybe I'm going to take some flack from the, uh, from those out there, or if it gets out, you know, if we, if we want to go like top five men and top three women, just because again, I think that's just how the fields uh, shook out. That's okay. But if you're like, dude, you're just asking for problems there and you guys feel comfortable doing the top five, that's okay too. Uh, but Brian, let's uh, shake it out and let's just start with what you guys feel comfortable with, either top five or top three women. Uh, so start with uh, giving us a rundown on how you see the fields. Uh, I mean, the, the women's field, uh, you know, like you said, is is not quite as stacked as the men's field, but there, there's certainly uh, certainly some some quality women in there. Uh, you've got, uh, you know, right up at the top there, you got uh, Christina Randrup coming in from uh, from the West Coast, um, I don't know how much she has run on, you know, technical Beast Coast type trails out there. Um, you know, everything is fairly smooth out there, but I'm sure you can get some some technical type stuff. Uh, certainly, uh, certainly in in Washington or Oregon uh, in the Northwest there. Um, but she's fast. Uh, she's she's clearly the fastest, you know, speed wise woman in the field um, with her win at American River 50 miler last year, um, as well as, you know, running top five at JFK, you know, running under six and a half hours. That's still, that's still, that's still moving, uh, for that course. Um, and then I guess recently she, she ran Chuck and nut, um, 50 K, uh, and she was seventh there. Um, 
you know, looking at her, her training, it looks like she's put in a lot of, you know, good mileage, good vert. Um, you know, and if, uh, if she's up there at the front, you know, who knows? Um, the other woman who kind of stands out, uh, who, you know, Ian from, uh, from the Northeast is, uh, uh, Michelle, Michelle Merlis. Um, I guess mm -hmm. formerly Michelle, is it Pratt or Platt, I believe. Um, and she's been on the course in the last five or six weeks. Uh, I've checked out her Strava and she's, she's been running on the course, you know, you know, learning the new course, uh, cause it's a little bit different than last year. Um, and she's just really good on the technical trails. I've, I've seen her, you know, firsthand in races, um, you know, how good she can be. And she, you know, look, she won the, she won the half at breakneck last year in a, in a pretty quick time. So, um, she will, she will definitely be up towards the front. I would think that the two of them will probably, probably bring it out pretty quick. Um, being that there's only one spot available, uh, and you know, there's some, some equally, you know, strong women behind, um, Michaela Ingalls, uh, who's pretty quick. Uh, she's, uh, she won Tussie back last year, um, in 722. back is a more of a road. 50 mile course, but it's a lot of dirt roads, but it's pretty hilly as well. Um, but she also won the Heiner 50 K this past weekend. Um, but you know, who knows with that, uh, how her, how her legs will uh, recover from that, but she's, she's supposed to be towing the line. Um, and then you've got some other women like Sarah Dellett, um, from Ithaca, who I'm sure, you know, Ian, um, yep. as well as Emma Robb, who's a uh, pretty experienced uh, runner from Brooklyn. Um, Margaret Frank from Ithaca, who, you know, as well. Um, and then, uh, a late sign up, uh, uh, Kelly way, uh, who actually is now running for steep endurance. So I thought I'd announce that as well. Cool. Um, and, and one change there, Margaret, uh, just, uh, messaged me today. She's uh, recovering on the tail end of, uh, COVID with her family. So she's dropping down to the half. So she'll be out of that. Mix. Okay. Okay. Um, Kelly just, and Sarah, sorry, not, I may just in case I didn't mention it in the thread and just in case you guys do, um, cast votes here for, uh, top ones at the, uh, at the end here. Um, Sarah is also just coming. Oh, you had it there. That's right. She did just run the Boston marathon. So that was mentioned. Yes. I'm trying to think yep. there's any other updates and yeah, Michaela, you just mentioned as well, coming up higher. Okay. Unnecessary interruption. Yep. Keep on. Um, Kelly just ran Lake Sonoma, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Um, but she did do some recon with me on the course this past weekend. So she's got a somewhat of a handle for it, but, uh, you know, we'll just have to see how, see how fresh her legs are. Um, and then the other woman out there is, uh, uh, Alexander Finn Atkins, um, used to live in New York city, but now she lives up in Westchester County up, I think near, I think it's up near Peekskill. Um, and kind of the, the, you know, result that stands out for her. She was, um, she was podium at Twisted Branch, uh, in upstate New York, uh, the hundred K last summer and ran really well there. So, um, it's a, you know, it's just a, it's a tough call. I think, uh, you know, I'd love to hear Jared's take on what he thinks the, you know, the top uh, five women are going to be. Um, so Jared, back to you. Yeah. I mean, honestly, uh, I think, I think you pretty much, uh, mentioned all everyone that I was thinking of <laughs> as well. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I did look at, uh, Michelle's, uh, Strava and she did have some like really solid runs. Um, so, you know, with that kind of experience and, uh, I would say she probably might be the favorite, even though, you know, someone like Christina, 
Uh, Randrup has probably maybe a little bit more speed. Um, yeah. uh, I think, you know, this course could really, if you're going after a, a qualifier, it's probably going to be a, going out pretty hard and you got to just, it's going to be a tough course. So, um, I, I think, yeah, I mean, it's a, you know, as, as Ian knows, it's, it's basically a three mile climb up to, uh, up to South Beacon mountain at the start this year, the, the, the climb up there is a little bit longer, um, mm-hmm. a little bit longer than, uh, uh, than last year's course. Um, yeah. So I guess that's the question too. They're like, certainly how, take it out hard. Yeah. Is it, how is this course compared to other years? Is it, um, it looked like from the map, there was like a little bit longer than, uh, 42k. So like 27 miles. And, I, I think it's harder than last year. Don't you think again? Yeah, I think it is. We basically tried to, uh, Ben and I tried to reconfigure it a bit to make it a little bit cleaner um, with more on the line this year in terms of that spot. I wanted to try to not have course deviations and try to keep it more separated, um, less opportunity to potentially miss a turn. I also really wanted to add back in the, so around uh, 10 miles, uh, you'll go up the Washburn uh, climb. I call it the Washburn base out of that aid station. I've always really loved that very beautiful, runnable, old um, estate road coming down into that aid station. Just really nice. And then just a kind of another grind of a climb and up over uh, Bull Mountain or Taurus, which I haven't, I haven't looked at the elevation profile in a while, but I think it's one of the high points of the course. Um, but it's a really just, it's a burly climb. And I really wanted that back in there. I think the first year that we, first couple of years that we ran breakneck, the course that I laid out uh, had roughly 10,000 feet of gain uh, for the marathon, but that really required you to drop down and go right back up and drop down again and go right back up. And so I wanted to make it more sense and make it make more sense and not have it be as forced. Um, but I also wanted it to be a clean, cleaner layout. Um, I also wanted the aid stations to be more accessible as opposed to humping supplies up and onto a ridge, which is, isn't technically permitted in some of those areas What we were doing it. Um, and so for all those reasons, yeah, the redesign, but the gain is also, I think, ends up being a little bit more. And to your point, it's slightly reconfigured, yeah, where there's a couple, I think, earlier climbs where there uh, weren't prior. So a little bit shifted, probably more front heavy uh, this year uh, versus prior, um, as opposed to getting out on the Fishkill Ridge and kind of a grind where uh, some people really faded in those uh, later miles, um, a little bit different. But to answer your question, yes, it's probably slightly harder this year. And it looks like it's a mile longer too. A bit longer. Yeah. And Ben, that was, that was something, um, I think it's always a little bit safer to go a little bit long versus uh, short. Uh, some prior years, my navigation uh, equipment and mapping software just lost some of the miles up. And then I don't know why, whether it's a radio antennas where it loses signal and the mapping doesn't quite treat it right either, where I thought I had it pretty close. It ended up being like a mile and a half long. And I was like, I, I literally did not know that. Um, yeah, and so people like Cole, yeah. So I think like Cole, as an ex- example, if he's still on with us, he got hammered that year. It got really hot. He ran out of water with like two miles to go. And as for those of you who've seen Cole, when he looks hot and hammered, he looks hot and hammered, uh, and just kind of cooked. Uh, and so he definitely, I think that was the experience. Um, but yeah, but uh, but in any case, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. But to all your point, that's all to say, yeah, I don't know in terms of how it'll even out somebody like Christina. I don't know her well enough to know her background, but it's a technical course and it's a beast coast course. And it's, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know her well enough to know how she'll fare versus Michelle, who this is her, her backyard. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure Michelle is, you know, she's obviously better on the on the technical stuff, but you know, there there are some there are a few sections on the course where it's pretty runnable and you can get going, and and I'm sure Christina will, you know, certainly push in those spots to take advantage of her strengths. And so potentially, so what? Uh, so you were you both uh, your 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 votes were for Michelle up top, Christina second. Is that where you were? You both agreeing on that one? That's that's where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that too. Um, I mean, it, it's tough to tell because um, uh, you just don't know. <laughs> I think it really it's really going to be a good race. Um, I think it could be up to anybody, honestly, and how they're feeling on a day, just because uh, course is tough and you know you just don't know what's going to happen. So. And Michaela, and, 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 okay, go ahead, Brian. You're okay. Go ahead. I, I mean, it helps to have course knowledge on this, you know, on this kind of track as well, you know, just to kind of know when the climbs are coming, you know, some of the descents are a little easier than others. Um, and so it's, I mean, it's just, it's just relentless, this course. It's just, it's brutal. <laughs> and Michaela, I would, uh, we we're just message. I was just messaging her here right ahead of the episode in here. I, like, I don't know who ends up doubling back, whether like, cause that's a burly double between Heiner and breakneck. Yeah. And it's one thing if you're doing it to just do it, but like, if you're really laying it out there and running hard, I mean, they're two tough horses. And so yeah. somebody like Michaela, you know, and I, I, so I didn't know whether she'd be one that you don't know whether they're going to sign up and actually show or whether they'll be cooked or what kind of condition they'll be in. Um, but her just messaging in, yeah, that she'll be there. And, you know, so I don't know, like, had she not had a hinder legs, uh, under there, um, I think all bets were off in terms of maybe her being in that mix as well. And I think she just showed with her race at Heiner that she's got the capability to be, but we'll yeah. see how much Heiner neutralizes that, uh, that fire, I guess, when you really need to call, call it later in the race. Um, so yeah. any, so rounding out the other uh, podium or that, uh, three, four, five, want to stab at it? What do you think, Jared? Um, honestly, I, I guess I would probably put Michaela as three. He kind of convinced me uh, just because, you know, it might, Heiner might be good for her in that she starts out a little bit more conservatively um, and maybe could finish stronger because um, it, it depends on how she's recovering, honestly. But, um, you know, that could definitely play to her advantage a little bit. Um, uh, and then, you know, I don't know, <laughs> four and five are going to be, uh, Yes, yeah, it's, it, it's tough to say. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I guess I don't know too much about um, everyone's training and uh, you know what they're how they're feeling about technical uh, running and stuff like that. Um, you know, I, I, somebody like Sarah Dellett, um she could probably finish pretty well there because she also has that speed and also just, um, you know, uh, the strength as well. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I think, I think, uh, I think the three podium spots, um, it's going to take, they're all going to have to run under six hours for sure. Even with the course being longer. Um, the weather looks like it's going to be almost perfect uh, this weekend, uh, so I don't think that's going to be an issue. But you know, I'm anticipating that that somebody is going to run, you know, 
down close to 530, 535 for the win. And, and the next two podium spots, I think even maybe even four women will be under six hours. Because mm -hmm. it's just, it's, they're just going to be, they're just, everybody's going to be going out, you know, except maybe a couple of them, they're going to be going out fairly fast knowing that there's only one spot, you know? Yeah. And that's, I mean, to Jared's point, I mean, I guess that would be, I mean, Michaela does take it out more conservative knowing she has that behind her rather than charging. I mean, that could yeah. for sure, but you don't know, as we were just talking to, um, uh, on the canyons, 100 K, uh, and Lee's effort. I just don't know. Cause you know, there's fast people out there. I mean, and yeah. if, if, and it's, then it's outside of your control, right? I mean, if they don't, if they don't break, then they're just gone and you're not going to reel them back in. So you're kind of relying on them faltering a bit or fading, which is for sure possible with breakneck, but that's kind of out of your, out of your hands at that point, if you're not keeping them in contact. And I think you saw that even with, um, you'll mention it maybe in the, in the men's field with Andy, you've seen him take it out uh, pretty conservative, uh, whether he just yeah. wasn't hanging with that speed in the front end or, or intentionally, but it, paid off at breakneck because it can get ugly out there in that back half if you're if you're cooked at all because you've still got some burly yeah. stuff well, um, this, and this year you've got this I, I mean there's in my opinion there's like five climbs you mm -hmm. know five significant climbs and the, the first three are in the first basically 12 miles mm -hmm. yeah and they're right not to shake a stick at in terms of the uh the climbing no um <laughs> all right uh Okay, do you want to move on to the men's field? Uh, yeah. I mean, do you want to? Do you want to? Do you have any thoughts, Jared, right away on the men's field before I get into this? Um, <laughs> yeah, I kind of have a local favorite, uh, <laughs> uh, Lee Baruby. Um, yeah, I think he's he's probably the guy to beat, um, and I think he's in pretty good shape as well. Uh, so, you know, even though there's a bunch of really good guys. Um, I, I think technically wise, he's good, um, strength wise and just competing wise. Uh, also he's, he's a, a really tough competitor as well. So. Yeah. And I, I was about to weigh in, but Brian, why don't you give us the, the rundown here and then I'll maybe weigh in after your rundown. Okay. So I, I kind of, I mean, there's, I think I have about 17 to 20 runners on this list. All right, yeah, let's, um, but I kind of clip that. I I, I kind of split them up into different categories, you know, former winners, you know, like like Ben Nephew, who's you know pretty synonymous with the uh, you know trail running in the Northeast. He's won everything from escarpment to Manitou's Cat's Tail, you know, all, all kinds of stuff. And he's obviously he's won Breakneck uh, a few times as well. Um, David Hedges, who's got the course record uh, at Breakneck. Um, Liam Cregan, who was, I think, right behind him that year, he ran the course record. Um, and then Andy Vermillier, who won last year. Um, you know, all those guys are, you know, I would say Liam and David are probably faster than, than Ben or Andy, but Ben and Andy have, have more experience um, and, you know, have the potential to, you know, catch up in the, in the back half of the race. Um, and then I had some, some wily veterans uh, such as Brian Rusecki, um, who, you know, he's, I think he's better over the longer stuff um, because he's won, you know, Vermont 100, he's won Grindstone, Massanutten, Cascade Crest, uh, and courses like that. Although those, a lot of those courses are, the exception of Vermont 100, are pretty, pretty technical. Um, Dan Grip, uh, who I guess you can 
you can sort of call him a veteran because he's over 40, but he's really kind of burst onto the scene in the last uh, couple of years. Um, I watched him at, uh, at Manitou's last year, and he just absolutely destroyed that course on a, on a pretty tough day for everybody as far as the, the heat and humidity. Um, and he came within 10 minutes of uh, Andy's course record at Manitou's last year. Um, Jason Kolb, uh, he's a former winner at uh, Eastern States. Um, Sam Kirk, uh, who is pretty fast. He's won uh, just over six hours at JFK last year. Um, and he's raced against, you know, a few of the guys on this list. Uh, Jay Lemos, uh, uh, who runs for Ian's team. Um, he's from Beacon, so he knows the course really well. Uh, so, he, I mean, he'll, he usually tends to go out, I guess, somewhat conservatively, but he, I mean, obviously he knows the course, so he's going to, he, he knows when to push and when not to push on that course. Um, and then you have, uh, what do I call the young guns? Um, so you've got Eric Lapuma coming in from Vermont, um, who has, he's won the Vermont 100. Um, he's also, uh, he was also third, I think last year at JFK, but he ran 539 at JFK. So that, that's pretty fast. Um, and he's been training. Um, you know, checked out his Strava and he's, he's doing plenty, plenty of vert up there in, in Vermont and he'll definitely be ready. Um, Stephen Lang, um, uh, who has, you know, he's won cat's tail. Uh, he's got podium finishes at, uh, breakneck escarpment. He's run under three hours at escarpment, um, 125 K, um, uh, actually twice at breakneck. I think he ran, did he run the half last year at, at breakneck Andy? Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, you're you're talking about Steve. He was second in the half. I'm talking, talking about, about Steve. Yeah. He was, I think he was yeah, second yeah. and a half behind, uh, yep. behind me last year. Um, and then I don't know a whole lot about Mason copy. Um, I'm sure you do because I guess he's on your, on your trails collective team now. Um, just moved from California apparently. Mm -hmm. Um, but he's, he's certainly got some speed. Um, but you know, who knows how, how ready he's going to be for the, you know, the technicality of breakneck. Uh, then you got another guy coming in from Canada, Elliot Cardine, um, who's got some pretty good results. Uh, he's run just over eight hours at Black Canyon, 100K, um, although that's not a super technical course. Um, ben Robinson, I know, has been getting out there with with good training. Um, he's been averaging, I checked out his driving, he's been averaging close to 80 miles per week and, and 15K avert for the last uh, month or so. Um, and then another guy, Corey Keene from, uh, from North Carolina. Um, and then, you know, as, uh, as Jared was talking about Lee, uh, you take a look at his ultra signup, hasn't lost a race. You know, he's set, he's seven for seven. Um, he's got the, you know, a pretty, pretty, pretty good stout course record at, at escarpment trail. Uh, he ran two forty two at escarpment, which is eight minute pace on that course, which is just absolutely crazy. Um, and then he's won the vertical K uh, a couple of times at Whiteface. He's won Loon Mountain. Um, he won the USA uh, TF Trail Half Marathon Championship. I think it was in Pennsylvania at Montage Mountain in 2019. Um, guy just doesn't lose. Um, but, you know, you got the guy from the West Coast who everybody knows, uh, you know, coming back. I think, uh, Ian, do you, want to, do you want to speak a little bit more about Max? With Max? Yeah. And I, all right. So, yeah, him being the, I think the last in your lineup here in this rundown. Yeah. So, 
yeah, I guess I can weigh in. And some of these, in terms of uh, updates, I don't know about uh, Steve Lang. I think he's also just coming off of COVID and maybe the flu. So I'm not sure whether if he's out there, I, I he won't, I think. Well, we'll see. But I think um, I was going to mention when you were mentioning uh, Brian Rizeki, it's just, you know, even if he's not necessarily a, a podium contender, I think in this field uh, at the moment, I love having Brian, uh, Brian in the race. He brings so much experience. Absolutely. He's always wonderful. And it's cool just how much of a competitor he is like once the race starts he just grinds and he just goes yeah. and i just love having him out there and seeing him out there um and as, and as i'm just scrolling through here i'm really excited like i don't know what uh jared are, are you going to join us in terms of just making the trip to check it out or not i mean it's got to be exciting you- yeah i unfortunately i can't make it down um i you know i definitely yeah. want, want to be there but I'm going to be, hopefully, I don't know, are you going to have um, updates? And I know they probably come through around like mile 18 where you can kind of. I mean, that's a good point. I, I guess I, I, so I wasn't planning on it, but with this field, we totally should. Like maybe I need to assign a couple um, volunteers uh, who we have the hands for to do some, like, I don't know, Twitter updates or Instagram or something we to get the word out. So. I don't know what that would look like if you guys have suggestions because social media is not necessarily my thing. And I, I don't, I don't use Twitter, Instagram or whatever. Um, so do you have, does, do you have Instagram for trails collective? Uh, trails collective does. Yeah. Ellie maintains it. And maybe if she's able to make it down on Saturday, maybe I'll have, I'll put her on it. Uh, she was really on the fence. You do the Instagram stories thing, you know? Okay. Yeah. So maybe I, I can, uh, Maybe you can connect with her and we'll try to uh, get that worked out or figure it out. She's going to be out there. So maybe there in one spot and then maybe somebody else at uh, a, a different aid station uh, or if any of the aid stations have them. Um, try to, and in any case, we'll try to figure that out because that would be cool to see. Um, and it's, yeah, man, I'm really excited. Like this is a really, this is a deep and big field. And so you had let in with uh, my, my weighing in on Max. Max, I don't know. Like Max is literally... You know, Jared, I commented on your versatility uh, as a runner. Max is probably one of the most versatile distance runners we've ever seen from yeah. uh, being an incredible track steeple runner to 100K, like world champion or whatever that was, to the amount of technical terrain uh, that he can cover. Such a versatile runner. And yeah, I mean, he's getting up there in terms of being 42 now. And I know for me, 42 was kind of a turning year in terms of how my body felt. But so far, it doesn't look like he's slowing down very much. Um, and so knowing how versatile he is, how strong he is, how technical, uh, he, he's also comfortable with, you know, he's not just your typical, uh, used to just Western trail scared of the East coast, beast coast running, like he can handle the technical terrain. And so that makes him, I think all the more effective. Uh, but I've also seen Lee flowing. Like I think in last year, the year before, whenever it was being at the top of the breakneck uh, climb and seeing Lee just kind of fly through as I have seen like Lipsy or Aaron or whoever, like he just looks really smooth. Um, and so what I think maybe the only loss was maybe the, like the half marathon champs at um, whatever ski mountain that was a year or two ago, right? Did Lee finish third or something to that effect? Or Jared, do you remember that? Uh, I'm not sure actually. Um, I know he he's placed like, uh, maybe top five at Mount Washington, but I'm not sure about the the trail championships. Um, so, but 
yeah, an incredible runner and to, and to hammer as much as he can and flow over something like escarpment, I mean, really is a testament. And then to have the lungs and the wheelhouse and the furnace to go at uh, uh, like the VK, I mean, also such a versatile uh, runner. Um, so I think that they would for sure, I think, still be the two, at least in, in my eyes, uh, the two to beat out there. Um, but David has been David puts in a lot of miles. Um, he's been going to some pretty um, uh, he's beginning a, a good amount of elevation gain and loss. He, we were chatting a couple weeks ago in the shop when he stopped through. Um, his focus is on Europe uh, this summer and going uh, longer. I think the CCC, if I remember right. Um, so this isn't he's not necessarily focused on this where I could see Lee or Max uh, trying to be more focal on this event. Um, but I think David is still young enough that I don't know. Like, I think if he could hang on and if he could, it could still be all bets off because he's really capable. Um, I mean, Liam, he's, been, I don't, he's been putting in 100 mile weeks, too. He's really fit. Um, I just, you know, to, but I don't know. Like, I I think he's young and relatively newer and just I haven't seen him tested like I have um, the other two uh, over the years. Just doesn't have the track record. Um, and I haven't seen right. him compete there. So I just don't know. Um, I know when he did set the course record out there, he looked like he was just floating as well and unchallenged. And so it's for sure I wouldn't uh, count him out. I wouldn't even count him out, you know, kind of leading or charging out there. I don't know. Uh, Liam, Liam's has been really fast out there, but I don't know as much as what he's been up to the past couple of years. So I don't know if he's coming in as fit as maybe he was um, having to be seen. And then like Ben and Dan and uh, like some of the others, I no, they've run, I think, incredible in locations. Dan, more coming into his own here. Uh, ben, as you've mentioned, incredible uh, over the years. Um, but I just don't know. I mean, it's, I think rightfully so. He spent a lot of quality time with family like the past couple of years. He's done a lot of biking. He just did the Everest Challenge on the bike. Um, and we're all just getting up in years in terms of age. So whether he can bring that fire, I, I don't know. Like, I I wouldn't think uh, so. Um so that's kind of me kind of weighing in on some of the names there. Do you want to stab at um, trying to go? I know it's a little bit tougher to think in reverse, but you want to try to think in reverse and just cash your votes for number five through number one? Uh, I mean, number five for me, you know, I, I, I guess I kind of have to go with my guy, <laughs> uh -huh. my steep endurance guy, Andy. Um, I've got him at, uh, I've got him at number five, just, just the fact that he knows the course. Well, he, he, he can climb very, very well. He schemas all winter long. Um, you know, doesn't, doesn't really burn out his legs too much in the, in the winter. Um, it's been running for the last couple of months pretty well though. Um, and you know, as you know, he, he, he descends super well too. Uh, I mean, he, he was in a race basically with, with Ben last year, who's one of the best descenders out there. Um, and got him down on the last, the, you know, the last couple of miles in descent and, and held on for the win. Um, so I've got him at five. Uh, I've got uh, David at three, or excuse me, David at four. Um, Eric Lapuma at uh, at three, uh, and then uh, Max at two and Lee at one. Yeah. <laughs> um but there's i mean there's there's just i mean the, yeah, the, the amount uh, of guys that there is in this field it's crazy yeah, i mean it's kinda, there are going to be some guys that are going to go out fast and they're going to blow up 
know, it, yeah. it, um, it, it will happen. Yeah. Uh, I would say I probably have um, Eric uh, Lapuma at five, um, Ben Robinson at four, uh, David Hedges at three, uh, Max King at two, and then Lee at one. And I'm even thinking about, I didn't, uh, I didn't prep it in advance in my own. Um, and I'm trying to type it up here so I can see my thoughts uh, in front of me. And man, as we were covenant, that's right. Like I, I didn't talk about Eric. I didn't talk about uh, Ben um, when I was just doing the overview of the field. And sweet Jesus, like, this could. Um, and I, man, I know. I guess I've known Max for so long. Um, he was a, a little bit behind me at Cornell when I was at IC. We were out in Bend at the same time together. Um, so, um, man, I just know so much what he's capable of. Um, but I also, I guess, want to put my, like, I want to cheer. I want to cheer for the Beast Coaster. Um, Lee is such a genuine, such a nice guy, so versatile. All right, sorry, I'm talking out loud here as I'm um, typing in my um, order here, as I think. Uh, Mason, I didn't comment, but he's young. He's untested, total wild card. Um, I, I think some of these young guys are going to just – they're going to go out fast, just knowing they, they just want to be up there. You know, they want to be up there with, with Lee and Max and whoever else is going to be really in the mix, you know, at the end. And they just want to see if they have it, you know? All right. I'm going to, let's go. This is, I just typed it in. I'm going to, I know we said five. Uh, I'm going to put uh, Liam at number seven, if he's fit. And I just don't know if he's fit or not. I think he's a wild card. I've seen him flow out there. He can grind. He's got a lot of uh, – uh, we'll see. I'm going to go with him number seven. I'm going to put Mason at number six just because he's fast. I think that uh, – I thought he would have been a little bit higher up at uh, maybe Chuckanut. Um, so that gives me a little bit of a pause. Um, but I'm going to go with him at number six. I'm going to go with uh, Ben Robinson at number five. I'm going to go with uh, Eric at number four, David at number three. I'm gonna root for the uh, root for the hometown crowd here. I'm gonna give Max number two and Lee number one. Um. So, but with all that said, I just can't say how excited I am to see it actually all shake out. Uh, uh, yeah, that's exciting. Um. It's, all right. It's gonna be fun. It is gonna be fun. Uh, so Brian, you'll have to find find out about it after the fact because you uh, will be in there, right, with your son running. Yeah. You're doing the half. Uh, with him. Well, I'm going to run the half with him on on Sunday, but I'm, I'm oh, running the full. Yes, on you Saturday. will get to see it all shake down on Saturday. Yep. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yep. Um, all right, we'll try to keep yeah, carrying. About, about 200 meters, I'll say a little bit of it. So, uh huh, cool. Um, okay, well, uh, anything else you guys want to say about the uh, breakneck field or weigh in any further? I think we pretty much uh, covered it there. Uh, I think I think congrats to you for for getting all these these quality high level runners to, uh, you know, to, to come race this amazing course. Totally. Yeah. And I'm ex excited as well and excited to follow it up. Uh, uh, uh gosh, uh, Brian, you know, putting on events, Jared, you're just getting into it, putting on your own events. Um, they exhaust me a lot more than running them on my own. And it's a really intense sure. window coming at me from April to, uh, to white face in July, averaging a race every uh, two weeks. And then I've got literally something on pretty much every other uh, weekend uh, in there. 
So it's a lot, um, but I am very much looking forward to it. And all that's to say, I'm really excited about the other bookend. And Jared, to have you in the field with the uh, white face also is going to be another really just awesome field, which I'm going to be really stoked to see that uh, shake out. Um, and knowing uh, I'm going to be excited to see, it'll be fun to go through this uh, potentially again, um, knowing what you're capable of out there and knowing you're pretty focused on it uh, at the moment. Um, that's going to be exciting. Uh, and so compressed, yeah. right? Yeah. Ian, can I ask you a question? What do you what do you what do you think it's going to take uh, for a winning time to win the men's? For breakneck? Yeah, I don't know. Like I don't. Uh, oh gosh, uh, yeah. I um, because I'm so known for changing my courses like every year. It's not like I'm Horton where it's been the same course for like 30 years where you know exactly where you stand. You, who knows? Like I change it literally like every year, which makes it a real pain in the ass to know. Um, kind of where you really sit against other people uh, historically, um, but also what to project like that extra like mile or so and an extra 500 feet. Like, I don't know what that equates to in terms of an extra five minutes, 10 minutes. Um, and I've seen some of the the real like the Lees, the Matt Lipsies, the Aaron's uh, hammer out the half course, but we haven't historically seen them run the, the full course. Um, right. And so I don't know what it can do. Like I've seen some of the Liam's I've seen some of the David's uh, out there. And to answer your question, yeah, maybe like, I don't know, four thirty-five or something like that on that day. Right. Um, but yeah. for Lee to go the full and to max to get out there, I just don't know. Like maybe somebody can crack four thirty, but I would guess it would be somewhere uh, in there. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be close. I mean, what Lee ran like two Oh three and a half last year. And you, you know, you figure, you know, another, 10 or 15 minutes beyond that plus plus it's a mile longer so and plus you're competing like some of those typically on those half winners it's rare that they're really going head to head i mean some of the back right. tail end of uh breakneck you have like andy or ben jockeying it or you know uh sometimes uh liam or ben or ian or ben it's typically ben in that mix yep. and things can shake up in that back half but it's usually not those speedsters that i've seen on the course like duking it out. Like David was solo uh, when he ran that course record, but like Lee's off the front on his own or Matt Lipsy's off the front on his own or Aaron or whatever. So once you push those guys, like if they're really dueling and looking for the slot and then when you're and there's gotta be some hesitation in this course, there's so much technicality, you know, I can only, God, I hope that everything goes smoothly out there because it can. And to Jared, I've tried to twist Jared's arm into joining us for breakneck as well, but um, to Lauren's concern of not wanting you out there, like, I get it. Like, if you're really pushing hard out there, like, there's some dangerous spots. And so whew, that's also a little bit uh, scary uh, as well. Uh, but all that's to say to some of these speedsters to see how much they could push in the back half. We just haven't seen it, I think, yet. Right. Uh, so I, I don't know. Um, yeah. All right. Well, boys, fellas, thanks for uh, thanks for chewing on it. And um, Brian, I will see you this weekend. Uh, and then Jared, I will see you. If not before, we'll see you in uh, who's first. Yeah. 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 This weekend. All right. Thanks so much. All right. Um, all right. So I will check you guys later. Um, those who tuned in, those who checked it out after the fact, thank you so much for tuning in to the Trails Collective uh, live episode this week. And uh, thank you for sharing it in your own networks. Thank you for liking the channels. Thank you for supporting the races that take their time to be on here. Thanks for looking out and finding a new race, maybe in your neck of the woods that you just didn't even know existed. Uh, for those of you who have stories, feel free to uh, reach out, plug it, events, updates, whatever. Uh, let us know and we'll see if we can weave you in. 
Um, really excited to be connecting uh, with the trail community at large. And until uh, next week, I will uh, see you then. All right. See you.